that great big well of mercy and grace to us. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. We just welcome you each and every one tonight. God bless you richly. and Bless those that are streaming with us together. Brother Mike will be speaking to us tonight. We're just enjoying the word. Have you been enjoying the services? Amen. They've just been wonderful. Praise the Lord. And we had a wonderful prayer meeting here on Monday evening again. And just the Lord is doing many great things in our midst. Amen. I'm so glad he found me. Key of F. <clears throat> I was on a mountain. Well, I was on a mountain and wandering from the mountain. When I heard my Savior calling me, he said, come to me, relenting, and of your sin repenting, and I will lead you out. Oh, I'm 
me bound but Jesus Jesus set me free at the name of Jesus demons tremble amen hallelujah children of God are set free amen let's sing victory is mine victory is mine victory is mine
Praise the Lord. Amen. I sure appreciate you all singing with all your heart. We just want to chase every demon out of here tonight and just let the Lord have his way. Amen. You know, when the armies of Israel went to battle, the singers went before and they created an atmosphere for the angel of the Lord to come and win the victory for the children of Israel. Amen. And that's what we're doing here tonight. We're creating an atmosphere for the God himself to come down and move through our congregation. Amen. And do mighty works amongst us and continue to do mighty works amongst us. Amen. Prodigal is coming home. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. My, if that doesn't put a bounce in your step, I don't know. You need a trip to the altar. There's nothing like a prodigal coming home. Amen. Hallelujah. Seeing God restore. God restore his children. God restore in families. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I've sang all my songs. Now we're going to just sing by inspiration. Amen. Let's sing, You are my refuge. You are my sanctuary. You are my refuge. You are my sanctuary. When I
truly that's our desire. Amen. I have a prayer request here for continue to remember Brother John Drake. Uh, they were able to take the lung bypass off of him for about 40 minutes today and his blood pressure didn't drop like it was doing before. That's a direct answer to prayer. Brother Richard was standing here Sunday morning, made the request known and brought it before the congregation. And God answered our prayer. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We just want to continue to uplift our brother. Brother Ron Caldwell also. We just want to remember our brother. He's in need of a touch from, from the Master. Amen. Let's just bow together. Lord Jesus, we come into your presence. We're so thankful, Lord God, that you have provided a way, Lord God, for us to enter into your presence, Lord. It's by the blood of the Lord Jesus, the Lamb of God, that we enter, Lord. The blood applied to our lives, O God. The token applied, Lord Jesus. We come into your presence, O God. And Lord, as we have sung this song, Have Thine Own Way, Lord Jesus, we truly ask for you to have your own way in each one of our lives, Lord God. Each life here tonight, Lord, each life connected with us, Father. Have your own way in this service tonight, Lord. We want you to have the preeminence, Lord. We want to have you, you to supersede over every part of our being, Lord God. To sit upon the throne of our hearts, Lord Jesus. To rule and reign there, O God, unhindered, Father. Every door open to you, Lord Jesus. Every door of our heart, Lord God. We want you to walk through our lives freely tonight, Lord Jesus. And if there's anything there that isn't pleasing to you, Lord God, bring it to our attention, Father. For we want to be purged, O God. This is the purging time, Lord. This is the time, Lord God, to make sure that the car is packed right, Lord. That the seal of God can be put on there and sealed, O God. That we're not going to be shaken down the road, Lord Jesus, but we'll be steadfast and sure, O God. So have your way tonight, Lord Jesus. Have your way in our families, Lord. Have your way in our church, Father. Have your way in this little bride, Lord. The bride around the world, O God. Lord, you are the bridegroom. And you are building a masterpiece. You are building a masterpiece called your bride. By the word of the living God that's revealed in this end time age through this glorious message. O God, build your masterpiece even tonight, Father. As we hear the word of God coming forth across this pulpit, Lord. Oh God, let it find fruitful ground. Lord Jesus, in the landscape of our hearts, oh God. In the soil, the fertile soil of our souls, Lord God. May that word of God just find that fertile soil to grow forth. And bring forth your nature, Lord. Your character. Your life, Lord Jesus. Your attributes, Father. 
Mrs. Jesus Christ on display. Granted, Lord Jesus, anoint Brother Michael, Father. Strengthen him, Lord. Inspire him, Father. Fill him, Lord. Fill him with your spirit, Lord Jesus. Anoint his lips, O God. For these needs, Lord Jesus, that we've mentioned, we thank you for what you've done for Brother John Drake, Lord. Lord, I pray that you just continually move in his life, Lord. At one time, he was declared the sickest man in B.C. But Lord God, that's nothing to you. When the doctors come to the end of their possibilities, Lord, that's when you just get started, Father. And you use man's hands, but you are the great physician, Father. Overshadow him, Lord, with your presence, Father. With your healing angels, O God. Even now, Lord, in that hospital room, Lord God. May you just overshadow him with your presence, Father. Raise him up for your glory, O God. Been through many battles, Lord God. But one more time, O God, I pray that you'd come on this scene and just raise our brother up. For your glory, O oh God, we pray. Granted, Lord, we remember our brother Ron Caldwell, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray that you'd meet his need. Precious, precious brother. In time of need, O oh God. We just lift him up before you, O oh God. and pray that you'd move in his life in a special way, Lord. Let the healing grace of Calvary just envelop him even now, O oh God, we pray. Grant it, Lord. Just have your way tonight, O oh God, we pray. We commit every exercise, every part of this service, every effort that's gone forth, Lord Jesus, we commit it all to you. I pray that you take it now and make it a blessing, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. You can have your seats. Uh, Brother Victor. Victor Adamora. Where is he? I saw him before. He's got a song for us. Just invite him to come. Maybe we can sing. It's already done. It's already done. The battle is over. The victory is won. It's already done Oh, it's already done The battle is over The victory is won It's already done I'm already here, I'm on. 
God is our refuge. God is our strength. Very present help. Be still. The safest places in the will of God. God is our refuge. God is our strength. Very present in trouble. So we should not
God is our refuge. God is our refuge. God is our strength. A very present help in trouble. So we should not fear, though the enemy surrounds. We are always safe because our God is here. safest place to be is in the will of God. Amen. I invite Brother Mike to come and minister tonight. Maybe we can stand together. So let the storms rage high and dark clouds rise. They will Oh. 
Hallelujah, Lord. Sheltered in the arms of God. No other place we'd rather be, Lord. But Lord, with your arms so tucked around us, Lord, no matter what our boat might be doing. Lord, in the raging seas of life, but Lord, we're anchored, we're being held in the arms of the Almighty. Lord, as we heard in Brother Victor's song, who has the last word? Lord, Satan might try to put his words in, but you have the ultimate last word. And the last word is always victory for you, oh God. You're the mighty conqueror. So conqueror, put your arms around this little congregation tonight. Lord, brood over us. Would your Holy Spirit move amongst us? As we join our hearts together to hear your word, in Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. My goodness, good to see you all. Wow. Pardon me, but my mind went back several months ago when it was dead empty. (laughs) And and I know we all thought for our first time, how am I preaching to a dead empty room? But uh, the Lord has given us grace through these last months and years, and you pulled through the screens and uh, and now many are able to be here, and for that we're going to dis- adjust a little bit. So I expect a lot from uh, from you tonight. <laughs> Pressures on you <laughs> and on me, but we'll do this together. All right? Amen. My good. Well, as we prepare, musicians, that'll be all we'll sing. Appreciate that. I do want to just mention that Sunday is ten thirty, and then uh, Sunday morning, but our Tim then will be uh, at the camp for four o'clock evening service at the camp. So that's ten thirty here in the morning. Four o'clock at the camp. Those that uh, we'll be streaming it here as well, and then the following Sunday will also be ten thirty in the morning. It'll be single service, and it'll be ten thirty at the camp. And so again, we'll be streaming that here in the morning. Brother Tim will be speaking ten thirty at the camp next next right July eighteenth. So so hopefully we got that. If you didn't get it, go back to the archive and you can listen to that again. Amen. Uh, you know, I was, I'm going to mention we had we've been having a little bit of some prayer meetings over the last several weeks now, and and uh, I don't know if you all kind of caught it, but you know we were leading up to this, the church's opening, and we were all leading up to what it's going to be. You know, it's 50 people. Is it going to go 25 percent? Maybe 50 percent? That would be amazing. 50 percent capacity. Wow, we would just be thrilled to death. That would be just fantastic after only having 50. And We've been praying hard for the for these restrictions, amen. And Brother EBA prayed. You're hiding, Brother EBA. I see you there. I love Brother EBA's prayers. My. And Brother EBA prayed very specifically a few weeks ago. And when the changes came out, I don't know if you're all aware, but I feasted on the terminology they used. I don't know about you, but I did. And I read no capacity limits, no restrictions. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. Every single time, they would go backwards. They would tell us what we couldn't do, to the extent where they actually reversed services altogether. If you don't recall, and many of you were crushed because you couldn't be here on Easter Sunday. Recall it, because then when they put no capacity limits, no restrictions, that's God. And now, as you heard on Sunday, we need God to move again. Because we're only halfway there. Amen. That same God that could make them change verbatim and verbiage on, an, on, an, on their restrictions can do the same thing at our borders. Amen. Because we are not complete until we have our American brothers and sisters sitting with us here today. And my heart is burdened and crushed to not be able to see them. I told one brother, I said, I'm coming to break you through the border. <laughs> Pause that on the internet. <laughs> but that's about how we feel. 
And so we're praying for you, all of our saints and brothers and sisters on the U.S. side. You are on our hearts tonight. So we'll be pulling, we'll be praying, and that we see just wonderful things at the border through these next weeks ahead of us. Amen. Let's take our Bibles. We're going to read in Isaiah 43. Take a little subject tonight. Not sure where it will go. Lord, help us. We surely need him. My notes on this page mean nothing without him. Amen. I love Isaiah 43. There's so many scriptures that I love so dearly. Some that have become so real over these last several months. We're going to read in verse 9. Let all the nations be gathered together and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Saying, let everybody be gathered together. Let all the people be assembled. And who can declare this and show us former things? So who is able to show us things of the past? Who's able to to predict things of the the past? Let them bring forth their witnesses that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say it is truth. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. Let's take it personally tonight. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. It's getting pretty clear, amen? I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. No Savior beside the Lord God. I have declared and I have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore, ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. I love Isaiah. My goodness, the Lord sure spoke through him. I, even I am the Lord. Amen. We're going to speak tonight. Just a little thought that was struck to me. Ye are my witnesses. I just want to speak a little bit about that. Just something maybe very simple. That can hit us on all of our levels. Ye are my witnesses. We'll speak on witnesses of resurrection. Let's just pray one more time. Heavenly Father, prayer is always in season. And so Lord, one more time we approach your throne tonight. Asking that you be present amongst us in this room, this sanct- this place we call the sanctuary. Lord, there's many of our body that are not here in this sanctuary and they're in their homes right now. They're listening from a different location. So would you be the ever-present God tonight in their location, Lord? And may your spirit so move amongst them, Lord, here and there. And Lord, may the speaker in here, Lord, be anointed by your spirit, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats tonight. That's a good sound. (laughs) There'll be a lot of good sounds tonight. All right. Amen. You are my witnesses that I am God and there is none like me. None can do what I can do. None can save like I can save. None can heal like I can heal. No one. No savior. There's no other God. There's no other, no other one like him. And he's saying, you are my witnesses of this. Amen. Sayeth the Lord, my servant whom I have chosen. I've chosen you and you're my witness. Now witness. Is actually the, the word of that is actually martis or materia. Actually it's the root where martyr comes from. But it doesn't actually just mean martyr. Martis doesn't just mean someone who dies. It's actually describing someone who's seen or experienced something. It's a witness, alright? We have a witness here that which, who testifies of what he or she saw. It's one who attests to a fact or an event. 
It's someone who has personal knowledge, especially maybe an eyewitness knowledge, like the apostles relating their personal knowledge of Jesus. A witness is one who furnishes evidence or proof confirming the ver- their verbal testimony or truth by a verbal testimony. This is what the word martis or maturia means in the scripture. It's the word, it's the Greek word for witness. And so when we look, we think about martyr. When you think of that word, we always think about somebody that sealed their, their testimony with death. But one, one man said the men who sealed their testimony with, with the blood, there, with blood were martyrs, but they are martyrs before they died. They are witnesses. They are martyrs or martyrs before they died. The fires and the lions never made martyrs out of them. It just revealed to the world that they were a witness. Amen. The persecution just revealed that it was, they were already a witness for Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. Witness in the Hebrew, actually, the word is ed, ed. And I, I, I thought how I just pondered that because that's our pastor's name. <laughs> Amen. And it actually is a symbol. The, the Hebrew word for that, it's a symbol of the eye, noting seeing and knowledge or knowing and experience, and then a door which is a door or a pathway or an entrance to a new place or a doorway to life. This is the Hebrew. And I thought, how incredible. Our pastor, Ed, who is an eyewitness of the prophet of this day, of Malachi 4, can come. And he's an eyewitness of what God did. He experienced it. There it is, right in his name. Anyway, that, that's Ed. And uh, that's the symbol. But, and the Old Testament puts some, some heavy brevity on a witness. Leviticus 5, 1 to 3, it says, And if a soul sin and hears the voice of swearing and is a witness, whether he has seen or known of it, if he do not utter it, then he shall bear his iniquity. So there's heavy importance on being a witness. Witnesses actually had a part to play in the judgment. Deuteronomy, the hands of the witness shall be first upon him to put him to death. So if you were a witness, you just weren't willy-nilly. You didn't go out there and be like, yeah, I seen it. Well, your hands were on it. Witness played quite, had quite a serious role. And thus also on a false witness. Deuteronomy 19, if a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him that, him that which is wrong, both men will go, both men between whom the controversy is will stand before the Lord. And the judges shall make a diligent inquisition. If the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother, scripture, then shall ye do unto him as he had thought to have done unto his brother. And so shalt thou put the evil away from among you. False witness. So it's high, heavy responsibility to, in a witness. Because what part you actually played in it. But it was a very bad thing to be a false witness. And be brought before the Lord and find out. So witness plays is, is a very vital and important position. In, in, any, uh, in a case or in an issue. And, and uh, a witness has to be first-hand experience. There's no second-hand in a witness, all right? You can't, you, can't uh, you know, well, so-and-so told me that so-and-so said, and then his brother said that to him, and I heard it through this, and there's, you know, a trail of 80 people, and suddenly it came to you, and you're like, and I'm a witness of it. <laughs> no, that's like 80 hands. Not even second-hand was adequate. First-hand, personal experience. I seen it or I heard it. Therefore, you're now a witness. That is the only way you are a witness. Amen? You must testify for what you felt or yourself. Just for yourself. And it's easy. I know we can read. You can read things. You can read scriptures and certain things. But 
it has to be, Christ has to be a personal experience. You can't sit in the bench here at church or sitting at home in your inner stream or whichever and rely on someone's experience beside you. Rely on your mama's experience or rely on your father's experience or rely on someone, the minister's experience. It's your own experience for you to be a witness. You are no witness if it's not your own experience. God has to be tasted and handled by you. Amen. You know, when someone is a witness and they experience something, and it is personal to them, it's like, I, 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 I did that, or I seen it. There's some passion that can come behind that, because you are part of it. You, you did it, right? You know, if you bungee jumped, Michael, it wasn't just you were watching it, but you did it, man, you probably, I don't know whether you'd be really scared, or whether you'd be really excited, I don't know, but you'd have some passion behind one or the other. Passion behind the freaked out part or passion about the excitement? Because you experienced it. But if you're just watching from the edge, you're like, oh, that's kind of that's interesting. Oh, man, I'd be scared. No, it's different when you personally experience something. You're a witness of the thrill of bungee jumping. Don't get distracted about my tooth. It is still out. All right? I got distracted about it right there. So, all right, so personal experience. I can imagine if someone was in the Holocaust and they experienced it, and the atrocities, and they bore witness of that. There was no way they'd ever turn around and deny it, that it never happened, or deny that this didn't happen to them. It happened, because they personally experienced that situation, the atrocities of it, and therefore you could never take away the impact of that in their life. And so it is, if you can personally experience Jesus Christ, nothing can ever take away your experience with him. Nothing. No, no devil, no distress, no trial, nothing because you personally experienced a witness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So as a witness, you might stand alone. You do stand alone. There's no buddies on the witness stand. You're not together with somebody giving you some support, actually. You are called to the witness stand and you stand alone. You stand alone. As a witness. And so there's some resolve that's required to be a witness, natural and spiritual. And you know what? As a witness, character is a very, very great value. Your character as a witness. One is said to say, two witnesses may speak truth, but you would far sooner believe one than the other because of the previous character of the witness. Good lawyers do not count heads, they weigh them. It's not like I have I have five witnesses. No, they say, hmm, which one is better than the other? Because they know maybe one has a, a, a better, a known position in honesty and he will assert such a thing. They scarcely need to support his evidence. Whereas half a dozen witnesses of a rather shady description will scarcely be able to prove a fact. So think about now our lives. If that's a natural aspect, your witness for Jesus Christ in school, at home, will be spoiled. If in business there's a lack of honesty or your character's doubtful or you'd rather, or you, you will rather damage than help the good cause is what they continue to say. So watch your life. You could be a witness, but what is your life actually saying? What? Right? Amen. And God help us, but Abraham says to see the day when men will just, uh, will be just what they are. You know, I'm saying this now with all respect. It isn't our city full of bootleg joints that's hurting us. Here's what's hurting us. He says more than ever is people who are professing to be Christians and not living like it. That's a terrible witness. It does damage. 
Amen. He says, that's the thing. They're not a correct witness. They can't witness until they have an experience. And when they have an experience, then they become a witness automatically because they're born again. Amen. Amen. Watch your character. Your character has a vast impact on what your witness is before all men. Say, I'm a Christian. I live for Christ. Christ is inside me. And you don't be honest at work. You're not, you're, you're not holding an, integ- an integrity in your testimony. Your witness is shambles. Watch how we walk. Amen. Okay, because we want our witness to be impactful. Amen. And all the things of the world, old things have passed away, but Abraham says, all things have become new. So witness. So that's a witness there as far as just what he's meant to do. But you know, you're not a witness if you went to the stand and stood there calling so-and-so to the stand. And you get there and you go through the process and then you stand there. And that's all you get. That's no witness. A witness speaks. A witness testifies. Amen. A witness is not really known to be a witness until they say something about what they've seen or heard. There's no mute witnesses. All right. It's a useless witness to be a mute witness. Say that 80 times too fast. It's exactly what Satan would love to do, though, is to mute your experience. He loved to just put it, just inhibit your testimony, inhibit your ability to testify, because then your witness is mute. And you're standing on the witness stand before all men, and it has zero impact. We need to speak it. Amen? Speak about what God has done. Speak about Him in your life. A witness, amen? This is just right down, bare bones, meatloaf. Being a witness. Amen. One preacher said, what you know, tell what God has taught you, teach what you have learned in the closet, proclaim on the housetop and what you have, what has been whispered in your ear and communing with your God, blaze it abroad before all men speak up for Jesus. Amen. This has been mentioned even in the last prayer meetings. Be a witness. Now cases from all time and ages. Have needed witnesses to bring their judgments forward. They're used in all cases. And I just, I looked up, you know, what are the big, you know, these high profile cases through the years? Quite a range of things. Not necessarily out of importance, but maybe just out of the world's, you know, got somehow focused in on trials of the, uh, through, through time. And we have the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City bombing, Timothy McVeigh and, it was a scandal back in 1921 where the White Sox rigged up the World Series. And this was a huge, huge case. Marbury versus Madison. Who can ultimately decide what the law is? This was a major case back in 1803. Gideon versus Wainwright. Does the Constitution require that any individual charged with a felony, unable to pay for a lawyer, be guaranteed free assistance? This was major. These are like top 10 of the world's cases here. And they were required witnesses. It required somebody to testify with O.J. Simpson, trial of the century. It required witnesses to bring that, bring that through. And so a witness was vital. In fact, so vital and even valuable, they will pay upwards to 30 grand just to train you as a witness. A lawyer would rather win a case and put 30 grand into you to psychologically train your witness brain. Serious. They say we have work brains. 
And we have all these different types of brains we function in, but you need a witness brain when you come to the witness stand. You've got to think it differently. You've got to receive the, the, what you're hearing differently. You've got to be able to take the lawyers, how they're talking to you and how putting pressure on you. And so they put someone through this witness training because it's valuable to have a valuable witness on the stand and make the case. Then not spend that money and lose it and lose big money in a settlement. So witnesses come at a big cost. But I'm telling you, we are in the case, the largest case the world has ever seen. And it has been ongoing through many years. The case between right and wrong. The case between truth and false. Right? The case between Christ and Satan. Good versus evil. This has been going on a long time. All right, ongoing and ongoing. We got a prosecuting attorney. We have Satan on one side and we have a defense attorney of the Holy Spirit on the other side. That's what it's been through the ages of time, constantly, every day, battling who's winning. And they're presenting their case, presenting the case every day. And so let the case begin tonight. Courts in session. Accusation. Jesus Christ is not the same yesterday, today and forever. His promises are not true, and they are not backed up, and have no results. That's Satan's accusation. And he's saying that every day, and court is in session tonight, Joshua. And that's what he's saying. Because he says it to you every day. He says it to you every day. Now, but Abraham says, now, you're both judge and jury. Your mind is a jury. I thought this was incredible. Your mind is the jury and your actions is the judge you just ponder that your mind now tonight is the jury and your actions of what you do is the judge and whatever your jury's verdict is you'll act out what it is what your verdict is and you'll have to do that because your actions speak louder than your words you can say something but if you don't mean it you can't act it Amen. So tonight, your mind is indeed the jury. So Satan is calling a witness to stand, to the stand. Brother Branham goes through a couple of these witnesses and he brings a witness to stand called Mr. Skeptic. And he brings him up and his claim is against James 5. If any of you are afflicted, let him pray. Is any sick among you? Let him call the elders of the church. Let him pray over him, anointing him with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And Satan is saying, it's false. There's nothing there. There's no backing to this scripture. And Mr. Skeptic is coming up saying, I was sick. And I had a pastor, a godly pastor come that had faith in God's word and a little cruise of oil. And all his people that come here wanted to be prayed for. And he anointed them, reading the promise out of God's word in James 5. And he read the word, if there are any sick among you. And he goes through the scripture. And if they did any sin, it'll be forgiven. And I had the pastor, who I'd heard testimonies from others, anoint me with oil, reading the scripture to me out of God's promises. And it's been a month now, and nothing has happened. And therefore, the scripture is false. All right. Well, you can step down, Mr. Skeptic. I'm calling another witness to the scene. Satan calls Mr. Impatience. Better Branham called him a rascal. His claim is against Mark 11. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily, verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, whosoever, 
Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He claims that he was reading the Bible. Mr. Impatience was reading the Bible, and he come across this passage of Mark 11. And he read it, where Jesus made the promise. If you pray, believe that you receive what you ask for. And he says, I've been crippled on my feet, lame on my feet for 30 years. And I accepted that promise five years ago. Nothing has happened, and I'm still just as crippled. It's false. There's his claim. Step down. Mr. Unbeliever is Satan's next witness to the stand. And his claim is against Mark 16. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues. And they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Mr. Unbeliever, what do you have to say? He says, I had the hands of this, what was called the Holy Ghost-filled preacher, lay hands on me. According to Mark 16, the promise of God made, and the man said he was a believer. Mr. Impatient, unbeliever. He was claiming to be a believer, and many claimed to be healed, and and he laid his hands on me, and that's two months ago, and nothing has happened, and therefore the promise is just not true. And so therefore, I don't believe the word. It's false. All right, step down. So now Satan comes to the stand and says, well, these people that you've just heard, they claim to be believers. And the ones that you've heard testified, and God is not justified in placing these rash promises in his word when he doesn't back it up. And he put these promises in his word for his believing children, and they've accepted his claim, and he has made it, that he's made in his word, and they have no results from it at all. And furthermore, God has put something in his word for his believing children and does not stand behind what he's promised. He's unfair to make such a promise to his people. He's not able to back it up, and we got witnesses here. You heard Mr. Skeptic, you heard Mr. Impatience, you heard Mr. Unbeliever, and he does not stand behind the word that he promised. And so we can see that clearly the promise is false. He's claimed that God is alive, that he's been crucified, he's promised in Scripture, Hebrews 13, 8, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he's unable to back the support or support it. He claims that John 14, 12, that he that believes in me, the works that I do, shall ye do also. He's claimed that in Luke 17 and 30, that the Son of Man would be revealed in the last days, and I haven't seen it. Where is he? Where is the resurrected Jesus? False claims, Satan says. He says, I rest my case. Pretty solid, he thinks. And you're pretty quiet. I'd expect to say, no! Untrue! False! And the judge would have said, whoa, order in the court. But you're pretty quiet. To have Satan come up and start slandering and falsifying the word that you hold true. Now, the defense attorney steps forth, the Holy Spirit. And the courtroom gets pretty quiet like it is about right now. Because when he speaks, all listen. He says first. First, Satan, I just want to point out to the court that the interpreter of this word, 
The one that has brought forth these accusations and has laid forth these scriptures and brought these witnesses, first and foremost, I want you to recognize that the same one you just heard speak of all these areas that God has not been able to back up is the same one that misinterpreted the word and made Eve fall. That's the one that's interpreting it right now. The one you're listening to and interpreting the word for you from Mr. Unbeliever, Mr. Skeptic, and Mr. Impatience is the same one that made all earth fall. And I want to point out to the court that if he misinterpreted it there, he'll misinterpret it again. Let's just lay that as base one. The promises that you mentioned, Satan, in your witnesses' testimonies, are adequately how exactly how you mentioned for believers. For believers. You mentioned they are believers. But by the sheer aspect of them disbelieving the word, contradicts everything about the title you've given him as a believer. Absolutely and equivocally. And I, as the Holy Spirit speaking to Satan, I should know who's a believer and who is not. I am the one that can put the life into the word. The word without the spirit is dead. I am the spirit. I am the life. And I know who's a believer. So do not step a witness on the stand and tell me they're a believer and that they're believing my word that I sent when they're clearly not, for I am the authority on it. Scripture says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Amen. Where Bram says, he knows whether they're believers or not, because he only can put life in the word. As we just said, it's only the Holy Spirit that can quicken it. He's the only one that can put it in action. Therefore, he will know who is a believer or not. You can say it all you want. He knows. Third, I want to point out that the scripture says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. Anoint them with oil. Be, say to this mountain, be removed. Believe. There is no time Put on that. God does not put a time in his scripture on it. There's no time commitment. He didn't say, if you do this, I'm going to jump right away and it's going to happen. He didn't do that. Do not misquote the word. Do not put it before the people that it must be this, therefore it's false. Because God never said that. He never said it. He said they shall recover if they believed. And I will point out. As defense attorney, that God said his word is a seed. It is a seed that is planted and it grows. And a seed to grow must be in the right ground. So, Mr. Skeptic, I am going to say that you are possibly the wrong ground. Because if it's thorny ground, or if it's dry ground, or if it's thistle ground, or some ground that's not pure good dirt, the word will not grow. But when my word falls in fertile soil, nothing will stop it from coming to pass. Glory! Who's got good ground tonight? He said, Lord, may the ground of my heart take your word and it grow. 
don't get stuck on time and symptoms. Brother Bram says, every time you look at your symptoms and testify about them and complain about them, God can never heal you. That is straight. But that is exactly what it is. Don't you dare testify on symptoms. Don't you dare complain about a symptom because God can't heal you. You commit it to God. You believe his word. He'll bring it to pass. Whether it's sprouting or whatever it's doing, he don't care. God promised and potentially you have your healing when you accept it. It's seed form. And I'm going to call my own witnesses to the stand. Noah, first witness, very first witness. Noah, God spoke to you, Noah. Noah's on the stand. Give us your testimony, Noah. All right. God spoke to me and said it's going to rain. All right. It's going to rain. Had it ever rained before? Never. Did you even know what rain is? No. Did you know what the word meant? Maybe not. He just said it was going to rain. Somehow. It's going to rain. Build an ark. So I went to building an ark. And I had a whole lot of people come around me. And they started scoffing. In fact, they looked very familiar to these guys that are on the stand just before me. Mr. Scoffer. Mr. Impatient. Mr. Unbeliever. They seemed to all be there as I started to build the ark. Because God said, it's going to rain. Build an ark. So I started to build an ark. All right. And it's a very scientific age, you know. And we have a lot of fancy instruments. And we've sent rockets to the moon, as Brother Branham has, has said. And I started building a very simple boat. Simple in the, in, in the sense that it wasn't very high-tech. But it was a very large boat. And so it took me a long time to build my boat. And I can tell you I had a lot of scoffing. And I had a lot of mocking. But I kept and maintained, God told me it's going to rain. God told me I need to build an ark. Oh, and they, they came up and they ha! Noah, how long has it been? Well, I've been working at it for a couple of years now. A couple of years? Really? Is it raining yet, Noah? Nope, nope, it's not raining yet. Come on, Noah. What are you believing in anyway? Who'd you say spoke to you? God spoke to me. Who's that exactly? No, he didn't speak to me. He didn't say nothing to me. I didn't hear him say there's going to be rain. He said to me, there's going to be rain. So I'm going to build my ark. Well, what did you do? Oh, I kept building. Okay. How many years? Well, two, three, ten, twenty. 50 years, but Abraham says 50 years the ark was finished. If you're reading the script, in the message, he says so. He says 50 years the ark was, was finished. He says, wow. And then what did, he, what did your friends keep saying? That I was crazy. 50 years building an ark. Working with just my little family. Building an ark. Are you sure, Manoah? That's a pretty rash promise. Something you don't even know what it is. You don't, I have never seen it before. A flood and rain. No, but he said it. He said it. So then what happened? Well, I kept going 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 110, 115, 118, 119. Come on, folks. 119 years. <laughs> That's a long time. And he kept saying, I believe God. I believe God. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. Satan, what happened to your two months, man? What happened to your one month, man? I've got a witness on the stand that's saying, I believe him after 119 years. What happened then, Noah? Well, the door shut automatically. Oh, what happened then? Well, I could hear outside all the Mr. Scoffer, Mr. Skeptic. Oh, what was that? Oh, Noah closed the door on us. He's trying to fake us out. He's got a little hoax going on, making us sound like something's, something's happening. What happened, Noah? You shut that door on us? Ha ha ha. What's going on? 
No, I didn't know shut no door. Well, what do you mean? God shut the door. Oh, that's a good funny joke, Noah. Good funny joke. It ain't no joke. I didn't shut the door. Right, Noah. So what happened then, Noah? Well, I expected it was going to rain, like right now. Go up to the little window up top and check for rain, boys. Day one, no rain. Day two, no rain. Nope, no rain. What happened, Noah? Well, it was getting a little iffy in that ark there a little bit. Had to encourage him. So, uh, God's word is true. What he said will happen. What he said will come to pass. Hold on. Keep holding to the promise. But we've done so for 120 years now. Keep holding on. I don't care how long it is. God said it. This is what you're doing, Noah? This is my testimony. Is this a true witness, Noah? This is exactly what happened. Are you sure? It's my personal experience. I'm testifying as a true witness of what God spoke to me. All right, Noah, you feel pretty passionate about that. I'm going to take that as your word. So what happened? Day five, day six, and day seven. What happened, Noah? Rain started to come down and the floods started to come up. It was a sobering moment because everybody outside the ark was dying. What could you do? I could do nothing. The ark doors, the door was closed. I couldn't open it. What did you do? I just stayed in the ark. We hugged our little family and we praised God saying, thank you, Lord, because we took you at your word and we built an ark. Thank you, Noah. I'd like to testify. No, 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 no. You need to step down. We're going to go to our next witness. All right, next next witness on the stand tonight. Thank you, Noah. All right, we're going to bring Abraham up to the stand. Abraham, because these are ones that have went through long, hard trials. They are there for our encouragement and for our strength. In time of trouble, we go to the Word. Well, Abraham, please testify on your experience. Be a witness today for Jesus Christ, for Jehovah. Well, you know, I was born, I married my half-sister, and we could not have children. She's barren, I was sterile, all through our married life. No children. No children. All right. And then, he came by. He came by. And spoke a word to me and said, you'll have a son. Your seed will be as the sands of the seashore, will be as the stars of the sky. They'll be out without number. He gave me this promise. And I couldn't have children. My wife couldn't have children. Well, what happened? <laughs> we started getting those little booties ready. We started to prepare. We get the little blankets knitted. They were knitting like crazy. I was, uh, you know, I, Abraham was pretty, um, you know, he had quite position. I'm sure he put all his different ones out there and they were all knitting blankets. One for every day, I'm sure. Cause he was preparing. I'm going to have this, I'm going to have this baby, have everything he needs. The most comfortable bed on the planet will, have, will my son have. So we prepared. We prepared. Well, what happened? Well, after about a month or two, I said, so on, <laughs> feel different. No. All right. Keep leaving. Six months. Feel different? Mm-mm. Oh, that's okay. We'll keep believing. What, what, what happened? What happened, Abraham? Well, I started telling everybody we're having a baby. I said, are you insane, Abraham? You're like 90. You're 80. You're 75. You're up in years. 
whatever year that could have transpired. You're having a baby? You're way past that time. Your wife's way past that time. You're insane. I'm having a baby because he said I was. All right. So then what happened, Abraham? Well, I kept believing. And I kept believing. And you know what happened? Years went by, actually. But my faith staggered not. And then something started to transpire. I don't exactly know the time. This is myself speaking. But at some point, there was a change starting to happen. Sarah was coming beautiful again. Abraham was like, Woo, ah, man, I can lift more today. Something's happening. I can tell you it wasn't an overnight thing, but I can tell you his faith started to build. Say, it's happening. The baby's coming because I'm feeling the Lord Jesus Christ is filling me with new strength today. Then he started to testify. Huh? You telling me I'm 85? You telling me I'm 90 not having a baby? Look at this. Boom. I can lift. Huh? My wife is the most beautiful because the king of Egypt wants to take her as a wife. You don't tell me something happened. There was a stir going on. Wow, Abraham, you're passionate about that. Yes, because it happened to me. And you kept believing. How how long exactly was that? Well, that was 25 years long. Whoa. And you staggered not? Not one bit. Because he told me. He told me. What did you have, Abraham? I had a baby boy. And I'm testifying today that what he told me came to pass. And I'm going to stand as a witness on the witness stand saying whatever he said, he will do in his time. Amen. You know, there's lots of witnesses. I'm going to call Joshua to the stand. Joshua came to the stand because Joshua, you tell me what happened. Well, I'm just going to tell you my quick little testimony as a witness. Because back when we were in Egypt, God said we were going to take the land. God was going to give us a promised land. And I believed it right there. And so we went. And we went through the Red Sea. And we went through many difficulties. And then we were sent across the river as a spy to go across the land. Me and Caleb went as spies with a group of other men. And we went across and we came back and said, Whew, this land is our land. And we're more than able to take this. And we brought the goodness back of this land. We said, look at this. Look at the goodness of this land. It's more than, we're more than able. Let's take it. What, what, what happened? You're, that sounds like you're taking God at his word. And he was to give you a promise. And you were going moving right into it. Oh, we were. Except just me and Caleb. Oh, what happened? Well, a whole lot of unbelievers started saying, we can't take it. It's not our land. They're, we're too small. We're like grasshoppers. Well, what happened? Well, they almost stoned us. Oh, mercy. Then what happened? Well... God made us go around and around and around for a whole lot more years. We were really, but Abraham says, just a couple days across. And then we spun around until that generation died. So then all the, all the people that disbelieved, that whole generation, they died. And then there was a generation that took God at his promise. And then we went across the land. And I want to tell you on the witness stand what happened. We took it. 
He said to me, whatever your footsteps go, wherever the soles of your feet go, they're yours. And so I took him at his word because the prophet said footsteps are possession. And so we started to possess the land. Amen. And every promise that he gave me has come to pass. And so we kept going and we conquered and we took Jericho and we took the cities and it is our land. Amen. Thank you, Joshua. Let me step down. I could call. I could call the Hebrew boys. I could call Daniel. I could call the lame man in the scripture. I could call the man from the pool of Bethesda. I could call blind Bartimaeus to the scene. Blind Bartimaeus, what happened? I was sitting at the gate. And then there was one I could hear. Someone was saying Jesus of Nazareth was coming by. And I cried out, Son of David! Have mercy! I need my sight! Oh, what happened? What happened? He came. He came to me. He said, what do you need? He says, I need my sight. Thy faith. Thy faith has given you their sight. Well, what happened? My, mommy? my eyes opened. And I could see who it was. Jesus Christ of Nazareth gave you my sight. Why? But through my faith, he said, my faith is what gave you my sight. Amen. Thank you, Bartimaeus. Bring Lazarus. Lazarus, why don't you just come to the scene for a little bit? All right. Lazarus, come on the scene. What, what were you a witness of? Well, I tell you, I have quite the testimony. All right. Tell, tell us about it. Well, we're good friends with Jesus. He was w- w- well known with our family. We loved him. We loved him so dearly. All right. Keep going. But my, I took sick one day. I took sick. I got really sick. Okay. Did he come and save you? No. No, he didn't come. Oh, well, we, we sent for him. We say, said, Jesus, come. My sister sent for him and said, Lazarus, your, your friend is dead. He's dying. He's very sick. And we sent it out. Well, did he come? No. Oh, that's too bad. Well, what happened? I died. You died. I died. Well, explain that a little bit. You mean he didn't come to save you? He didn't come to heal you? Were you believing that he would? Oh, I was believing everything that was in me. Surely he loves me. He's going to come and heal me. He's touched so many. He's healed the blind, the sick, the lame, the halt. He's delivered them. And I'm his good friend. I'm one of them. Oh, and he forgot about me. Okay. Well, then what happened? Well, then one day, and I'm only telling you because I wasn't there. So I'm telling you, well, wait, wait, Lazarus. You got to tell us personal eyewitness. All right, I'll tell you what, just what I know. My testimony. Oh, what's your testimony? I remember something came from the realms and the regions of the realms that I didn't know. A reaching hand streaming through the realms of eternities, and suddenly I felt myself drawing back, coming in into my body, and boom! I was there on Earth once more again. And the door of the, of the stone wall was opening through, and I started walking through. I don't even know how I walked. I was just pushed through. What well, you're pushed through? Because I was alive. He made me alive. Glory. Amen. Lazarus, are you telling me he rose you from the dead? I was dead. I was so stinking dead, my nose is gone. It was so sunken in, and I was wrapped up in rags. And you, what happened? They unraveled me, and my skin was perfect. My nose was perfect. I was living, breathing sun again. Who did that for you, Lazarus? He did it for me. You mean he raised the dead? He raised the dead, and I'm here to tell you, it was me. Glory! 
Lazarus. Let's just turn this a little bit now. You know, he allowed Lazarus to die. Lazarus, he allowed you to die. He did. He allowed me to die because then he was glorified in it. And I am willing to go to the regions again so that he can call me back to glorify his name. Amen. I don't care what we go through. I don't care what our difficulties are. Lazarus was allowed to die. But God so wanted glory that he said, I'm going to go and reach down to those realms and I'm going to grab him back from paradise and put him back on this earth. Are you listening to this testimony, Satan? Are you just catching a glimpse of the power of God? I'll just let you know there's quiet and silence in the gallery. You know, somebody told me just a bit ago, I can't remember who it was, but they said, the Hebrew boys, I thought this line was so so wonderful, just spoke to my heart. Whoever it was, thank you for telling me this. They said, the Hebrew boys went in the fire, but if there was no fire, there was no testimony. I thought that was such a powerful line. No fire, no testimony. No Lazarus in the grave, no testimony. No blind Bartimaeus, no testimony. Life easy, breezy, no testimony. Say, Lord, I want a testimony. I want to be able to stand on the stand and witness for you. And tell him my God is real. Scripture says you overcome by the word of your testimony. That's what the scripture says. By the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Amen. And for you, Brother Sean, in my notes, as I'm looking about testimony and I'm reading about witness and looking up and guess what quote comes to my mind? You tell me what quote comes to my mind. Come on now. I'll tell you what quote comes to my mind. Every time the opportunity presents itself, worship the Lord by testifying of Him. Worship Him by testifying. You want to give Him glory? You start speaking what He's done for you. Amen. You think just worship is down there? Just just singing hallelujahs? No, no, no. Brother Dan, this one's for you because we're fellowshipping on this one. It's a good one. Amen. He says, if you see you, some lady, see a woman in the wrong... Worship the Lord by taking her, saying, sister, there's a better life than this. You men at work, when you hear a man using the names, name of the Lord in vain, get a chance to take him aside, take him by the hand, say, there's a better life than this. You shouldn't use those words. You tell a meek, gentle way, all those things is worship. All those things is worship. Amen, Dan. And when you see someone sick and the doctor says, there ain't no more can be done. Brother Ron, there ain't no more that can be done. Brother Milko, there ain't no more that can be done. Sister Ella, there ain't no more that can be done. We ought to worship the Lord by telling them there's a God in heaven that answered prayer. That's our God. I'm on the witness stand. Tell him we know a God. Satan steps in. Hold the phone. You're just telling me all things about yesterday. I thought your word says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hold it, Satan. This isn't your turn for the floor. Sit him down. Sit down. So now the subpoena is going out. The subpoena is going out. You know what a subpoena is? 
It's a legal notification. You are called to court. That's a subpoena. You are called to stand. It's out. It's out. God's calling. All right. I'm here on the stage. We're in court. I'm calling. Where's my witnesses? Where's my witnesses? Come on. Who will stand? Who will stand? You think I'm kidding you? Where's my witnesses? Come on, Satan. Here's a witness. You tell me what God done for you. I was at, I was listening to a service and I was crying out to the Lord Amen. because it was a struggle for me to testify. I went to work a couple hours later and out of nowhere, my patient, because I do kinesiology, so my patient is telling me something and she goes into talking about her husband, how she, that he lost his father and he started praying because they're Sikh. He started praying. All of a sudden, the conversation completely turned, and I had maybe five or ten minutes to testify about the Lord and how how the difference between, because their Bible's similar, close, but not the right one. And I was telling her there's only one truth, and she was talking about being born again and how, to them, born again is a bad thing. And how this, honestly... The scripture says, don't worry about what you're going to say or what you're going to think. Because in that moment, God is going to give you the words to say. And he dropped the scripture in my heart where it says, if you're not born again, you can't even understand, let alone even make it to heaven. And at that moment, if I remember correctly, she said she wants to be born again. And I'm like, we're continuing this conversation next time I see you next week. So keep her in your prayers. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Sister Victoria. That's right. Today, Hebrews 13, 8, today, where's the witness? God's calling a witness. You're a witness, y'all. Then you testify. We're in, we're in court. You have an opportunity to tell Satan, I'm a witness today. Today. A couple of years ago, I was just sitting somewhere here. I was backslidden from Australia. And God has spoken to my heart. And I came here wanting God. And after church, I met the brother Tom. The word of God spoke to my heart. And God, God, God talked to my heart. And I gave my love, my heart back to God. Amen. He saved me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Yes, he used me. Yes, I'm still standing here. I testify that he is real. Yes, Amen. Amen. He's real. Who else is testifying? Don't let this court session go. You say, I want to testify. I want to tell Satan it's today. Come on, Victor. Amen. Come to the stand. Brother Dan, you said I should testify, so I got to testify. Yes, sir. My son, James. Amen. Amen. All y'all friends. Yes, Amen. Newborn, newborn baby. Doctors told us he had a heart problem. And you might know more than this, more about this than I do, but yeah, heart problem. His heart wasn't pumping properly to his right side of his body. And basically, uh, but it was pump, pumping properly to his left, to his left leg, but so the doctors just said that this is a concern for us because there may be a problem with his heart development. And um, and so basically they wanted to take him in for inspection and potentially have an open heart surgery. Um, right before that, he had an inflated, uh, enlarged kidney. Um, and so we prayed. I, 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 my, I was in my, I was in my, in my room with Sarah and I just said, you know what, we're going to pray. We prayed and the Lord just pressed him our heart, pressed him our heart. He said, if, if one could send a thousand, two could send ten thousand. If one could send a thousand, two could send ten thousand. I texted, I texted the courteous group. 
I believe Dan, you sent it out to the, to the, to the prayer meeting. And we prayed. Dan prayed. Brothers prayed. We prayed in our, in our little room. And we said, Lord, by the time he gets to that appointment in Seattle, when the doctor inspects him, may everything be normal. Now, James is a newborn, but he seems to be very mature and grown up now. He flew in a helicopter, that mom and dad. But flew on the helicopter and God sovereignly reached down and touched him supernaturally. By the time he got over to the appointment, the um, cardiologist was inspecting the baby and he came in the curtain. He just pulled back the curtain. The unveiling of God. (laughs) He pulled pulled back the curtain and said, there's there's nothing wrong with him. His heart is normal. His kidney is normal. Praise God. Praise God. Glory. Today. Not just yesterday, Satan. Today. Michael, today, amen? Who wants to tell Satan today? Amen. Yes, today for Brother John. Today, they shall recover. Glory. One preacher said, we have too much of this kid glove lavender watered religion. But for my part, I would care to march through the world with such a regiment of feathered Bed soldiers. I would not, he said, care. Oh, sir, give me men who can bear persecution, who are ready to go into the streets and preach Christ on the corners. We need a race of heroes, not of cowards. We have already too many and plenty of, but we need a race of heroes. Amen. I put in my notes, I said, where are the lepers that were stained in sin? Where are those that were blind and could not see through their denominational fog and dogmas? Where are those that were healed of sickness? Where are those that were tormented by the spirit of depression and doubt or a critical eye? Where are those that needed a move of God and deliverance or a demon that was besetting them? Where are you? Testify! Amen. Satan? For this moment, case closed. Case closed, Satan! You might continue this tomorrow, and that same scripture will still apply, because tomorrow will be the new today, and there will be witnesses of Jesus Christ that will stand on the stand and testify what God did for them. Sit down, skeptic. Sit down, unbeliever. And sit down, scoffer. I will tell you, I need to close. I need to close. <laughs> no, no, I got too many pages. <laughs> I do need to close. So musicians, you can work your way up. How's that? But I'll tell you, do not be held in contempt of court. Contempt of court is not showing up. You were issued a subpoena to be a witness for Christ. You better show up. <laughs> Show up and speak for him. Amen. I'll tell you, Satan will never allow himself to be contempt of court because he is the accuser of the brethren and he'll do whatever it takes to make sure he shows up so he can accuse, so he can testify of his issues and why he feels. But we already know it's false. We already know he misinterprets. We already know he takes the word and construes it. But don't let him take your spot. But there's one thing he will always be held and he'll be held of perjury every time because he's a liar 
a father of all lies, and he can't stand there and tell the truth. So he will be always, he'll be held accountable at the end of all of this, and he will melt in the lake of fire, and perjury is one of his charges. Because he will false accuse you. You know, I was sitting in the courtroom many years ago, and the prosecutor always would say, may I suggest that such and such and such happened? I suggest you did this and this this way. And the witness on the stand is like, well, how do I respond to that? Again, witness school, witness brain. Because they put it to you that this happened this way. And Satan is very able to do that. I suggest what you just went through was emotion. I'm just going to suggest that you probably aren't feeling God touching you. You don't feel better. I, I suggest it's something different. And he suggests something to you. False accusation. False testimony. Beware the prosecutor, the enemy, the devil to come at you that way. You need a witness brain. You need this word, the mind of Christ on you so you know how to answer him. I got to stop. Too much. Too many things to say about him. I want to tell you, we were praying in the prayer meeting last night, two nights ago. And I just felt we were calling out to God. I can tell you the border was high on our list, brothers and sisters from the States. And we were praying fervently. And I will tell you, I'm going to, you just hold, hold it, hold it. When Jesus came before the people, when he was on trial, chief priests came to the council and sought for witness against Jesus. And many, for many, bear false witness against him, but their witness agreed not together. Here are the Pharisees of Pharisees. They are the, the top of the law. There, there is nothing wrong with them as far as the law is concerned. And we just read in Leviticus about false witnesses. And here they are, who is the epitome of the law, and clean of clean and clean, and they bring false witnesses. Is something wrong with this picture? How did someone not see through that then? Because scripture said, we heard him say, I will destroy this temple that's made with hands. Within three days, I'll build another made without hands. But neither so, scripture says, did their witness agree together. Who was in that courtroom saying, wait a second, your witnesses don't even agree. Are these false? Should they be getting the uh, the judgment that, that uh, you're wanting for Jesus? This was the law. Mm -mm. That's not what happened. And so they use false witness against Jesus. And so will he use it against you. He will use false witness against you. He'll tell you how low you are. He will tell you how worthless you are. How unloved you are. How unwanted you are. He'll bring claims against you that you've never even done. Why? Why? Because it's under the blood. Amen? When your sins are under the blood, there's nothing to accuse you of. Nothing. Because it's, it's false testimony against you. Say, sorry, Satan. Um, it's, it's not even there. In my notes, which we don't have time to go through, but in the witness, they put you in a witness protection program when you're a witness. And I'd love to go through it, but I will not. And they put you in a program. You know what they do? They scrub your identity. They scrub who you are, all the way down to your grades in grade school. In fact, some people even ask, can you change my grades? They said, no. 
But they change everything. So when Satan comes at you, because he will, he wants to attack the witness that's witnessing against him. God's put you in a witness protection program. He said you were hedged about. He can't do nothing. He might even try to kill you, but your testimony lives far beyond even this mortal realm. Amen. And he scrubs your identity. You just tell him, wait a second. Uh, who are you talking about? Uh, that's not me. <laughs> See my driver's license? It doesn't even say my name. It's a new name. It's a new name. It's Mrs. Jesus Christ. He's like, oh, I thought, I thought you were, no, what are you talking about? I did such and such. You're talking about the wrong person. Because I'm a new creation. I've got a new life. I've got a new birth. There's new life inside of me. The old man is gone and dead. I am a new man. Well, what can he say? You say false accuser. That way. Deny him. Amen. Amen. I love him. Testify. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to ask you tonight. I want to ask you tonight. You are going to be on a witness stand for somebody. You're going to be on a witness stand for somebody. And I want to just say, whose witness are you? Whose witness are you today? You say, could I stand there? Could I be like a Lazarus who was dead? Dead. And I didn't even get to my title. Witness of resurrection. I didn't even get there. But we've witnessed resurrection. We've witnessed it in the church in these last weeks. Resurrection. We've witnessed Lazarus has come from the dead. Come on. Dead, dead. Praying and calling out their names. And and then coming into a prayer meeting. And there they are. I'm like, oh. Oh, hold on right now. Did I just walk into this room and see that man standing there, sitting there? Yes, this is real. Pinch it, pinch it. It's real. And now I'm expecting that again and again and again. Because if he can do it once, if he can raise a Lazarus in the Old Testament, New Testament, if he can raise a cave in today, he can raise many, many, many more. And so we are witnesses of resurrection. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Glory. My heart is crying to have the Americans here. Brother Tim, preach to them. Give them something we're shouting about. Changing their life about. Delivering them, whatever it may be. Lord knows what, what is needed for here and there. But if you enter into it, whether here or there, God will give you all you ask for. Come with great expectation. Amen. Amen. Whose witness are you? Don't be Mr. Uncertain. Because indecision is decision. So you make a decision. So I'm standing for Christ. And my life, my testimony will be a witness. And if I can uphold and I stagger not like Abraham. Let's just sing. I got to prove. I'm one in a million. Amen. What's the verse saying there? It says. True representatives of Christ. A true witness of Christ in this day. Amen. You're going to have to sing it really loud for me. And overpower me. Prove to the devil 
Because he's still standing in this courtroom right now, still baffled at how you just lost the case today. How did this happen? I had sure witnesses. I had those they had. They told me their testimony was good. I, I was listening to them. What happened tonight? You picked a fight with the wrong man. You picked it with Jesus Christ. And you'll never lose. Never win. Amen. Because he's got the last word, Brother Victor. Amen. It's a challenge to accept. It's a today. I'm a walking witness of Jesus Christ. What must I do today? What is your business today that I can be on? And prove it. Satan, I'm one in a million. Amen. Amen. Can we just sing one more? One more song? I do want to sing until then. 
until then. This is a little bit of a, I love this song. Sing this one with passion. Sing this one as a witness. My heart will go on singing. Until then, my joy will carry on. Until the day my eyes behold that city. Until God calls me home. What are you singing? My heart will sing. And pause to remember, a heartache here is but a stepping stone. That's winding always up or this troubled world. It's not my final home. But until then, I'm going to go on singing. You know those verses? Let's sing them. It's an old song, but it's got some weight. Amen. Let's sing that. Oh, my heart can sing. Pause to remember. Oh, a heartache is but a stepping stone. Man, we're on the train. That's why he always upward. Oh, this troubled world is not my final home.
keep that up there, Brother Nathan. When he takes me by the hand. Can you imagine? Jesus takes you by the hand. I'm just going to lead you into the promised land now. It's all over. You stood the witness stand. You testified day after day after day. And it was hard sometimes. You had to testify through great difficulties. You went through difficult sicknesses. You went through difficult complexes. Satan hounded you and he hounded you. But you stood on that witness stand and you kept testifying and you kept testifying. And you said, my God still saves. My God still heals. I don't care what Mr. Skeptic says. He says, but it's, it's okay. I know you're passionate about that, but it's all over. Uh, let's just go now into the promised land. And he reaches down and takes your hand and leads you home. What a day that will be. Amen. Right, Brother Dave? That's what we live for that day. You keep testifying. You keep testifying. God, you had that testimony how many years ago? It still applies today. Today, Dave. Today, there is no expiration. I've said it before. There's no expiration date on a testimony. It doesn't have an expired, you know, best before date. If you hear this testimony after August 2021, it's over. It doesn't apply. No, sir. Keep testifying. Two years ago, ten years ago, 120 years. Noah's testimony still stands. Amen. Amen. Glory. Yes, Sister Grace. You have a testimony. We have time for testimonies. I just want to testify my brother, Paul. Um, He got cancer, and it was in the brain. And um, he was a smoker even, too. But this is just like last year. I don't remember the date right off the bat. But um, So I always felt like when I uh, preached about Mary and Martha and Lazarus, I always felt like Paul was that Lazarus, and I didn't know why. And then this happened. And, of course, my sister and I are talking. You know, we're, we're like, you know, we got to pray. And, and mom's desire is always for their soul too, right? But... Um, God has a way, so uh, just to get his attention, I, I believe, and um, after prayer, I don't know how many months, but after prayer, uh, he went back and it was completely cleared, and they had scans of these tumors in his head, and um, other parts, I think, were affected too, but mainly the brain, because he couldn't work, and he couldn't drive, and all this kind of stuff, so mom reminded him, you know, Years ago when he was 14, he got kicked in the face by the horse, and that's a long story, but God saved him then, and but he backslid and everything. So he's moved up to where my mom has moved and my brother Michael, and I'm just believing God will save his soul, and that's my biggest, biggest desire right now. And we've had our times to, you know, witness to him, and, you know, it's funny because they know the truth, but it's... It's got to be the time, God's timing. So pray for Paul and Michael. <laughs> Glory. We need testimony on the sea night because it raises faith. So what it does, it raises faith. You say, it happened for him, it happened for me. He did that for her, he's going to do it for me. That's what testimonies do. They build our faith. Amen? Amen. But her, oh, you're carrying a baby, brother Shaw. Oh, you're lucky. <laughs> when you, do you want to come up and close? I'm sorry. If he wakes up, it's my fault. Amen.
I might need closing, come and close in prayer. You've been subpoenaed. Testify this week. Please help me pray. I don't have much of a voice left, so let's, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful, Lord. Lord, it's so good to be in your presence, Lord. It's so good to be in the house of God, Father, to hear the words of God. The word of God in season, what our souls need to elevate our thinking, elevate our faith and our belief, Lord Jesus. To rise up to that level where we can claim every promise of the living God. Every promise in the book, every single scripture, Lord. We've heard of witnesses after witnesses come, call to the stand, to testify that Jesus Christ is the same. Yesterday, today and forever, Lord. Not just yesterday, but even in this very room, we've heard witnesses, Lord God. After witnesses, we've heard of a victor testifying of James just recently that God supernaturally touched and healed Lord God we have witness of the resurrection Father among us sons and daughters of God that were once lost Lord God but we prayed believing in the word of God believing in the testimony oh God that you are the same and we sing you on the move oh Jesus Lord the faith in our hearts is so charged tonight we believe Father with everything that's within us oh God that the remaining sons and daughters of God will be praying for will come forth, oh Jesus. We've called the names every single Monday night, Lord, even in our homes on our knees, parents and mothers and ministers. We've prayed and prayed for these souls, oh God. And we're believing tonight, Father, as a church, we're joining our hearts, oh God. For heaven will not be heaven without them, Lord God. Lord Jesus, even Sister Grace who here testifying for her brother, Lord. We're believing for her daughter Violet. We're believing for her son Isaac, Lord Jesus. There's many more. Here we're believing for Lord God. My mind goes to joy, your care, oh God. Even now, oh Jesus, we even now to send your spirit, oh God. As we heard witnesses that you are God, that you are alive, that you are all powerful, that you're almighty, Father. We are not Mr. Skeptical, we are not Mr. Unbeliever. We are the believers. We believe in the word of God, oh Jesus, and we'll stand with your word. There's no time constraint. We'll stand today, we'll stand in 10 days, in 10 months, until and we will die believing your word oh Jesus send us forth tonight with a renewed faith and strength and courage in your word oh God let us be mature sons and daughters of God to walk into the promises of God to possess the land that you've given us footstep of possession let us draw the soul of the word and go and claim what God has given us our God given rights Father, thank you, Father, for your servant that was so yielded, Father, to deliver this message to us, Lord. Truly, we can leave this place saying that we met God. God is in this place. And we're thankful, Father, for it. Lord, we're thankful that we can gather with sincere old Jesus. What a difference it makes when licks and fire can come together and pull on the word and worship together, Lord. But we're still believing for our brothers in the United States as we pray, Lord God. Let you open the borders, oh God. Let it be soon, Lord God. Let it be very soon that we can gather again. And what a time that will be, oh God. Thank you, Father, for tonight. 
I'm so thankful, Father. Thankful for your grace in our lives, Lord. As a witness, I want to thank you again, Father, for healing my back, oh God. That I suffered seven years, oh Jesus. But I came into a prayer line and hands were laid upon me. And you've healed me. And I stand here every night reminded that I can sleep without pain in my back. Because you're true and you're God. Father, if there's any sick among us, Lord Jesus, let faith rise tonight to get a hold of the promises and claim their healing. If anybody's sick tonight, by your stripes, you're, we're healed. Witness have testified that to be true. If anybody is lost, oh God, oh Jesus Christ, you are the resurrection and the life that should go by the way, oh God. We believe in your word. You've said if we believe, we shall be saved, us in our household. We're believing for our families, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love your presence. We worship you, oh God. We rejoice in your presence, Father, for great things you're doing in our midst, oh God. Blessed be your name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Can I testify? Can I be a witness tonight? I was preaching, but... Then you testimony. Now I get a testimony just for like two minutes. I wrote down my witnesses. I'm going to read them for you. I'm a witness of bones becoming whole in an instant. My ankle in an instant. I'm a witness of his miracle working power in my body. Broken ankle in an instant. I'm a witness of that. I'm a witness of a miracle conception. Me, I'm walking as a testimony, as a witness right now. I shouldn't be here. Anyone that's having troubles conceiving, you just look at Michael Ray. You say, if he's standing there, my baby can be also there. Because I'm a witness to testify against Satan. I'm a witness of my allergies leaving immediately after prayer. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Yes, Satan, I'm a witness. I refute skeptic and I refute unbeliever because I'm a witness that it's true. Allergies, eyes, hay fever, itchy eyes, crying, couldn't handle it in an instant. I'll just leave you with those three because then I'll preach again. Amen. A witness. You start rehearsing what God, what am I a witness of? And you go forth from here. You find out your walk. You walk a different walk. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. Come Sunday, expecting, praying and believing. God bless you. You're dismissed. God bless you, each one on the streaming. We love you. Have a wonderful week. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus Christ's name.